Father, you are a great God in our service. Lord, you are a stand-alone God. There's none beside you. And Lord, it's just so honored and privileged that we can stand with you, Jesus, because you are a great God. Lord, you're infinite in power. You're infinite in wisdom. Lord, you touch our hearts each and every day, God. There's not a heart whose life in here that you do not touch, Father, in some form or some passion, some, some way, Father, Lord. And Lord, we come to you this morning in spirit and truth that you would encourage us this morning to uh, just draw that circle around ourselves, Lord, that we would draw close to you. Father, I just give you praise and I give you glory for all that you're doing here this morning in your house. Lord, touch our hearts. Lord, you know what our needs are. And Lord, we have many. We know that without you, Lord, we can't do absolutely anything. Lord, we are, we are woefully deficient, Lord, in so many things in our life, Father, Lord. And we depend on you for each and everything, Lord Jesus. Lord, it's my prayer, Lord, that if someone here today doesn't know you as Savior of their life, Father, Lord, that they would, before they leave here today, come to the knowledge of the truth that, Jesus, you are the King of kings and Lord of lords, but you are also our magnificent Savior. Lord, your blood was shed on the cross for us, Father, Lord. You died, Lord. You were in a tomb for three days, buried, Lord, and the third day you rose from the dead. As we begin to celebrate and we, we think towards our, our Easter weekend, Father, we come before you, Lord, with open arms and open hearts, God, that you would fill us full. Lord, fill me full this morning, God. Touch us, Lord, in every way. May your word go forth, Lord, with might and with power and with strength. And, Lord, that you would touch us in every way, Father, Lord, before we leave here. And when we leave here today, we can say it was very good to be in the house of the Lord. So, God, just use this time, Lord, to set aside just for you to make you famous in our hearts. And, Lord, that we would hear your word. I thank you, Jesus, for all you're doing, Father, through the book of Revelation as we've been studying it. And, Father, we praise you for it all in Jesus' precious name. And all God's children said what? Amen. Man, please have a seat. Please have a seat. You know, I used to travel a lot. I was in the Air Force a lot. Most of you know that. But when I travel, I would stay in a hotel, right? But I would never unpack my suitcase. You ever do that? Now, there's sometimes we'll stay for an extended stay. Then meanwhile, I go for a week. We might unpack them. But for most of the time, when we, not really, we live out of our suitcases. T- typically what we do, right? Y'all with me? Anybody ever do that? Live out of their suitcase? Yeah, right? And so here's the thing. I operate on my suitcase, but I never open up the drawers, never put my clothes away. Why? Because I'm not coming to live there. Right? We're not living there, right? That's why I do that. I'm, I'm just I'm visiting the hotel for a day or two. I don't unpack all my stuff because the room is not my room. It's not my home. It's not my home. Now, I enjoy the hotel room, but I just don't get too comfortable in that hotel room. Whenever I traveled out of the country, I don't learn the language of the country. Amen? I don't learn it. In fact, I always like going to countries that spoke English <laughs> because I could talk to people, right? And so it was kind of interesting, right? But anyway, but I don't, I don't learn when I go for a short time. I don't learn the language of the culture because I'm not staying there. I'm not staying there. I may be there for a day or, or listen or two or maybe even a week if that country is, is far enough, right? But I don't invest much time and energy, listen, to do my business. I'm just there to do my business, right? 
And then I'm going to catch my plane right and leave. That's typically what I do. We'd go in, we'd get our hotel room, we'd get our rest, we'd get back out, we'd go back on the airplane, and we would leave. That's what we do. I'm only there for a temporary period of time to do what I'm doing, right? And so, and so I catch my plane. I'm always conscious of my home, though. I'm always thinking about home. I'm thinking about what's going on with Sister Denise. What's going on with my son, Philip? What's going on back home? I'm always thinking about what's happening uh, back home. And, and even now, when I go away, I'm always thinking about home, right? And so I'm always conscious about 1287 in North Indianapolis Avenue, Hernando, Florida. I'm thinking about that because that is where my home is. Amen? There's nothing like being in your own bed, right? Right? There's nothing like being in your own bed. I love being in my own bed. A, a lot better than a lot of these hotel beds if you've been in them lately, right? Some of them are just not, you don't get much sleep whatsoever. But here's the thing. The problem sometimes with us believers is that we make the world our home. We make the world our home. We do. We unpack all of our bags and we become absorbed in the culture and the world around us. Forgetting, like the song says, this world is not our home. Amen? Amen. So if you've been with me there since January of 2022, we've been in the book of Revelation Amen. A long time. Amen. We're coming. We're in the last chapter 22. We're going to start that today. And we're not going to get through all of it today. Amen. But, uh, but we're going, we're still moseying through, right? You know, I love, I love taking time through it. It kind of helps us to kind of think about things a little bit, think about what's going on in the future, what we can expect or anticipate in our own life. You know, those of us that are believers, the church, listen, what I'm talking about today, we're going to experience in reality. And sometimes we don't think about what we're going to experience in reality. And because uh, uh, we're so we're so absorbed with this world and we're so absorbed for whether it's our jobs, whether it's our family, whether it's our retirement and what we're going to do next. Right. If we get so absorbed sometimes that that sometimes we just need to we need to think more about heaven. Right. Uh, Paul always told us to look to see, put your treasures where? Up in heaven where moth and rust doesn't destroy, right? And, and, I mean, we're, we're, to, we're to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right? We're to, sit, we're, to, we're to lay up for ourselves treasures in heaven, right? Keep our eyes focused. Paul would say keep our eyes focused on the prize, the high call of Christ Jesus, right? What's the prize? It's heaven. Don't get too comfortable down here, right? And it's easy. Even this big old pastor up here can get too comfortable in my skin down here in this world. And, and there's lots of times I need reality checks to snap me back to reality where I need to be. And where I need to be is in the center of Jesus' will, right? Doing what Jesus has called me to do. Amen? And I pray that's the same for each and every one of you. Well, if you remember, you might want to open your Bibles to Revelation chapter 22. And you can go ahead and get that ready. But last week we looked at the different aspects of the heavenly city, the New Jerusalem. The angel showed the Apostle John, all right? We, if you look on your notes, I kind of filled them in for you from last week because we're not done with those uh, aspects yet. And it said the first one was the overall appearance. Remember that? Remember how John saw heaven, the city of heaven coming down out of heaven, right? It doesn't come to the earth. Remember, it's kind of suspended up there in space somewhere. But listen, we're going to see it. The whole world is going to be able to see uh, the city of the New Jerusalem. It's going to be an amazing Amazing. I can't even fathom this, but he also, he, he also talked about, he showed the bride and the wife of the Lamb that lives in it. Listen, folks, that's you and me. That's where we live. 
we're going to live eternity in the city of the New Jerusalem. What? And it's going to be imagine. It's going to be amazing. Amen. Yes. Clap. It's going to be an awesome. Listen, I can't even. I can't even say how awesome it is. It's going to be more. It's going to be amazing. But the most amazing thing is that we're going to be with our Savior. We're going to be with God. We're going to be with. Listen, we're going to be able to see God for who He is. Something that we're not able to do in this humanness and who we are. And so, listen, and so, and we talked about the outside design of this city. It's 1,500 miles high, it's 1,500 miles wide, and it's 1,500 miles long. That's amazing. They say really the, the, the size of it is going to be is like when you look at the moon at night. It's in dimensions of the moon, it's a little bit less than what, the, what you see when you see the full moon. And so it's amazing how big it's going to be. And so, uh, so we, we'll look at that. We also learned that it had 12 gates, right? And it had, it had the tribes of, uh, of Judah listed on the 12 gates. And at the bottom of the gates were the 12 apostles' names, right? It's also, the city is translucent. In other words, God's light is going to radiate from within it outside. And it's going to give us light on the earth. It's going to give light in the heavens. There's not going to be any darkness in this place. It's going to be a wonderful, wonderful place. No words could ever express what the beauty and the things that we're going to behold in our next life. And number three, we talked about the inside design, right? We talked about the streets of gold and that there's no temple for God and Jesus are the temple in the holy city. And that we are present with him forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and it never ends. It's going to be wonderful in the city of, in the city of heaven. And we will worship, and all the redeemed of all time will worship, all the saved, all the saved Gentiles, all the saved of Israel will worship the Lord Jesus Christ. We will worship Him continually. We will be on display as the bride of Christ, of His grace. We will be the display of His grace. We will be His trophies in heaven. And we're, going to, we're part of that royal priesthood, that holy nation. That's where we belong. And that's where we're going to be with King Jesus and, the God, of, and, and God the Father. We're going to be there with Him. There's going to be no more night. There's going to be no more shut gates. They're not going to be locked up. We're going to be, there's not going to be anything evil up there in our presence. There's no reason to lock any of the gates. Well, like we had to lock up our houses and set the alarms, right? And there was a time where you could just leave your house open, right? And you could just go about your business, come back home, and not worry about your stuff. But we're not living in that day today. And it's getting worse as time goes on. So there's no sickness and there's no death. There's no enemies. We will rest from our labors there. We will will. We will be we'll be so changed in a glorified state we won't ever get tired again. The world cities will dissolve into worship of the one true king. Nothing unclean is going to be there. The only people there will be in those uh, be those whose names are written where? In the Lamb's Book of Life. That's the only ones that are going to be there whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Sweet fellowship with the Lord the Lord. And listen, and face to face with Him we're going to be. What a wonderful thing. I mean, just like when we have our little fellowship time here, you know. Get to see each other. That's a joy. Should be a joy. Just think about doing that for eternity. How wonderful that's going to be, right? We will be, listen, we will be the display of the Lord's grace forever and ever. The overwhelming joy that we will have because we know that we don't deserve any of it. That should fill your heart right now. None of us in this room deserve any part of it. I just thank the Lord for the precious blood of Jesus, don't you? 
I thank you for, I thank him for his sacrifice on the cross for my life, for giving me a new life, and for the old life being buried, right? And the new life coming, and the Spirit of God living inside of me and inside of you. I thank the Lord for that. We don't deserve it, but God made a way out of no way in our condition. He made the way for each and every one of us. Overwhelming. It can be overwhelming. That kind of finished chapter 21. Now I want us to continue with chapter 22 with this inside design. This inside design. So here we go. Revelation 22, starting in verse 1. Here we go. Then he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal, coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb in the middle of its streets. On either side of the river was the tree of life, bearing twelve kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. Now listen, the water of life is not like the water as we know it. You remember I said a couple weeks ago that in, in heaven there's no sea. No water. No need for water in heaven. Nothing. For this is a symbol of eternal life is what we're seeing here. It's that symbol of eternal everlasting life. You might want to jot down these verses in Isaiah chapter 12 verse 3. He said, therefore you will joyously draw water from the springs of salvation. Think about that. In the book of John chapter 4 verses 13 through 14. Jesus answered and said to the woman at the well, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never thirst again. Don't you long for that day? But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up into eternal, everlasting life, ever flowing eternal life. You see that? John chapter 7 verse 38 says, He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living waters. Amen? It's really just amazing. Like everything else in the New Jerusalem, this river is clear as crystal. Why? Because it reflects the glory of a holy God. This river is cascading down from the throne of God and of the Lamb, a beautiful, never-ending stream. Listen, it's pure. It's unobstructed. It, the flow symbolizes that constant flow of everlasting, 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 eternal, everlasting life. Amen. That's what we're going to experience up there in the presence of God. It's going to be wonderful. From the throne of God to all God's people. Amen. That's what it's going to be. And then he says this. In the middle of its street. He says on either side of the river was the tree of life. Now this here. That tree of life is the counterpart to the tree of life that was in the Garden of Eden. Do you remember? In, in the book of Genesis chapter 2. Uh, verse 9. Writes the, he, uh, he writes these verses here. He says. Out of the ground the Lord God caused to grow every tree that is pleasing to the sight and the good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge and good and evil. And then in Genesis chapter 3 verses 22, he said when Adam and Eve ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Listen, that's, that's, that's what this is talking about here. Then the Lord God said, behold, the man has become like one of us. Knowing good and evil. And now might stretch out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him out 
from the Garden of Eden to cultivate the ground from which he was taken. So he drove the man out, and at the east of the Garden of Eden, he stationed this cherubim, like an angel, right? And the flaming sword, which turned, listen, turned every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. People are trying to find the Garden of Eden all the time. They're going to come short. They're not going to find it. Not in this life, they won't. This tree, listen, by the river provides for those who are immortal. The tree of life provides for the immortal. That's the purpose of it. You and I, all the redeemed of all time, will take partake of the tree of life. This symbolizes the blessings of eternal life. This tree, listen, also it bears 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nation. There is an infinite variety of fruit that will be in heaven, that will fill heaven. And this month there, John says month, that does not signify time as we know it, right? As this is outside of time and space. This heaven city is outside of time and space. But John can only write to us to help us to understand fully, and we can't even understand fully. John didn't understand fully. He didn't even know how to write it in words to say. All he could say was the streets were like gold. The streets are gold. He said the streets are gold. They're not probably literally gold, but they're like gold. There's like it's, I mean, everything that John writes, listen, he has to put it in a human terms where we can try to comprehend just a little fragment of a little bit of what heaven is going to be like. I'm telling you, it's good. it would blow our minds if we would see and know everything that heaven is going to be. And it's just an amazing thing. I can hardly wait to get there. How about you? Right? It's going to be a wonderful, a wonderful experience for each and every one of us there. So it does not signify time per se. John is right to make it familiar to our understanding what he was experiencing. They're saying that the fruit will never run out. That's what he's saying. The fruit will never, ever run out. God's joyous provision for all of eternity. It's endless, endless food. Amen? You laugh, right? Endless food, right? How many of you on a diet, right? How many of you got to watch what you eat, right? Can you imagine eating food up in heaven? We're going to eat. We're going to eat up there, right? Can you imagine? Revelations 2, 7. He who has an ear, he said, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Remember this? To him who overcomes, I will grant to do what? To eat of the tree of life. We're going to eat. And it's going to be glorious. He says even now, whatever you do down here on earth, right? Whether you eat or drink, you do it all to what? We need to get started down here, right? Amen. I just think this is awesome, right? I grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. The tree bears 12 different kinds of fruit, right? Forever endless supply. John says, and the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. You see that there? Healing means in the Greek that it's therapeutic. It's therapeutic in nature, right? Like a supernatural vitamin to promote general health, making our life and eternity fully energized. Let's fully energized and exciting. Amen? Amen. I believe it's, it's going to be good for us, right? Scripture doesn't say whether we will eat the leaves or not, but it is possible to eat leaves, right? Remember, angels ate food with Abraham and Sarah. You remember that? In Genesis 18. Verses 1 through 8, you might want to write that down. Just 18, 1 through 8, the angels ate with Abraham and Sarah. Jesus himself ate with his disciples after his resurrection. Do you remember that? In Luke chapter 24, verses 42, 43, it says, They gave him, 
a piece of broiled fish. And he took it and he ate it before them. Mm. I believe we will feast in heaven out of pure enjoyment. What you can't do down here, it'll be awesome to do up there, right? It'll be good. It's like, <laughs> it's wonderful to have this couple from our former church, Aaron Lake, up there because I was thinking about that very thing because Pastor Jeff and I and uh, my students, when I was a student pastor up there, every year would take a trip. And we'd do a SWAT, we call it SWAT tour, Student Worship Action Team. So they would do a musical. So we'd take 65, 70 kids, whatever, on a trip for a week. This was the pastor's time to spend with the teenagers of the church. And we would go from church to church to church, and we would put on a musical and this and that. But for us that were adults on the trip, we felt like by the end of the week that all we did was eat. Because we'd get up and have breakfast, we'd get on the road, we'd snack on the bus, and then we'd stop at lunch and get something to eat at a mall so the kids can kind of get all the eebie-jeebies out, right, from being on the bus. And then we'd get to the church and we'd start making everything, and then the host church would give us uh, meals. They'd do these full-spread meals. And so we were eating, and of course when we got done, we were hungry, because we were tired. We did a lot of effort, so we had to eat after we got done. We'd eat at host homes, would break out the food, and we would eat. And then we'd get up in the morning, and we'd start all over again. Now, brother, now Pastor Jeff, is I'm, I'm kind of a large guy. He's kind of a large guy, too, a little bit shorter than me. And so one of the things, and he would always kind of watch. But here we got at the end of the week, we're going along, right? And we've been eating, and, we're, and the kids are ready to start to eat some more. And so we would pull that bus up. I remember this Italian place we stopped off at. And we stopped off at, and Pastor Jeff and I got off the bus. And, and we're like, we're walking like, we're looking at each other. And he's like, and he said, brother, I'm not even hungry. I said, you know, Pastor, I'm not hungry either. And we go in there, and we get in there, and we smell that food. We get up there, and we look at the menu. And then we get the biggest Italian spread of everything. And we sit down. And we start eating, and we look at each other, and we just bust out laughing because here we are, you know. And so, and so, but we're eating, but and 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 we'd be like, do I love to eat or what? Right? We love to eat, right? So we do. We all we all love to eat. I'm sure what we do, and we're gonna love to eat up there in heaven. So I want us to go on to the fourth aspect of this heavenly city, right? Number four on your notes: the privileges. Listen, of our home in heaven. The privileges of our home in heaven. We're going to have certain privileges in our home in heaven. Look at verse 3. It says, there will, be no, no, there, will be no longer, there will no longer be any curse, and the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it. And His bondservants will serve Him. They will see His face, and His name will be on their foreheads. And there will, be, will no longer be any night and they will not have need of the light of a lamp, nor of the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illumine them, and they will reign forever and ever. John noticed that life up there was going to be very different than down here. He noticed that it was going to be very different in the new city. There's no longer, there's no longer going to be any curse. There's not going to be any curse. Man, listen, this is going to be the end of sorrow as we know it. No more sorrow for us. You hear me? No sorrow for us. And I think you need to keep that in your DNA. Keep that in your spirit. We're going to sorrow down here, but we don't ever... When people die, the Bible says we should not sorrow 
like those who have no hope. People sorrow when people die all the time. I used to remember years ago, uh, before my brother got saved, Tim and stuff, and I remember when my, my stepfather passed away. I'll never forget, I'll never forget being at the graveside where we're getting ready to put him in the ground. And we're standing there, and I'm watching all my brothers. We're so broken. We're so, so broken. And I was like, not as broken. And I'm like, why am I not as broken? Because I know. I knew why. I knew right then why. I knew because I knew where he was. I knew he knew Jesus as his Savior. I knew that he was in the portals of heaven and he was in better shape than this old boy was. But see, when you're lost, then you're lost without any hope. There's no hope in you. You have no hope whatsoever. And man, and there's tons of people out here. I mean, there's millions and millions and billions of people that have no hope. So who's going to tell them? Our lives are to tell them. Our lives tell them through our mouths, through our actions, through how we conduct, listen, our conversation, our character, and how we stand. Listen, you're a witness, whether you like it or not. Church people, you are a witness, whether you like it or not. Now, you're either a good one, and you bring Jesus to the lives of people, or you're a lousy one, and you confuse the minds of the people, because you're supposed to be a Christian, and you're talking like that, and you're living like that, and you're doing this and that and the other, and you're supposed to be a Christian? Come on. Too many church people send a mixed mess, a messed up message. It's so true. I don't know about you, but I've always got to guard my heart and my mind when I go out. This is why it's important to spend time, huge amounts of time, with your Creator, with your Savior, Jesus. And don't tell me you don't have enough time. If you don't have enough time, listen, that's a problem spiritually for you. God is the God of heaven and earth. We just sang about it. He's the God of the universe. He created you. He created me. He created everything that we see. And everything that we see, He made it. He made it. Listen, and He made it for our good. That we would enjoy it and recognize where it came from and worship Him and praise Him and praise Him and worship Him every day of our life. He created us for worship. But too many people get lost. They're part of this world and they forget. They, 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 well, they wallow in their sorrow. They wallow in their circumstance. They wallow in their inefficiencies. They wallow in what they think they don't know. I don't want you to do that. I want you to keep your eyes on the prize. <laughs> That's why I'm talking about this stuff this morning. There's a hope for us that's beyond this life that is greater. And listen, and the people that have no hope, they need to hear it. They need to know that there's a new Jerusalem. They need to know there's a holy city and that the only way to gain entrance there is to know and be saved and know Jesus is Savior and Lord of your life. This is the end of sorrow. This is the end of pain. There's no more death, for it is swallowed up in victory. Amen? Amen. Death is swallowed up in victory. No more. Genesis chapter 2, verse 17 says, But from the tree of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. Remember when he told them this? 
He said, for in the day that you eat it, you will surely die. What, that's the, one of the greatest, that's the greatest curse, is that we would die apart from Jesus. There's no temple in this new Jerusalem. However, it says the throne of God and of the Lamb will be, be in it. Amen. Think about this. God with Christ will forever reign throughout eternity. We will be with God in Christ for eternity. We will reign with him throughout eternal time. Eternal, eternity. There's no time in eternity. We, his bondservants, listen, will serve him forever. Never tiring. Amen. Never getting tired. Amen. Like yesterday, our work day, right? So I was out here hedge trimming. Those hedges are like, they were like seven foot tall. I'm six foot tall, so I'm trying to come down to my level. So I was doing this. Trimming, trimming, trimming. And that's a long row of hedges, Bo. You hear me? That's a long row of hedges, right? And when I got done, they said, and they finally said lunch. And I was like, praise the Lord, hallelujah. <laughs> and I couldn't, I was like, praise the Lord, hallelujah. My arms were like jello. I couldn't, they were like jello. I couldn't like, I'm like, good night. So this morning I got up, I'm looking over my stuff, and I was holding my Bible this morning, and it was like, it was shaking. I was like, what is wrong with me? You know, so. But I tell you what, when I get to heaven, though, we're not going to be tired like that. How beautiful that's going to be for us, for all of us, right? We will serve the Lord forever. We won't get tired. Listen, we will be given jobs there. We are not, we're not going to be up there strumming harps and floating on a cloud. We're not, you know, here I am, I'm floating, I'm in heaven, yeah, heaven. And we're not going to be doing that. There will be a, listen. There will be an infinite variety, listen, of tasks that are going to be inexhaustible in the mind of God for all of us. There's going to be things for us to do up there. You remember the parable in the book of Luke, chapter 12, verse 35. I'm going to write that down, Luke 12, 35. He said, be dressed in readiness and keep your lamps lit. He said, be like men who are waiting for their master when he returns from the wedding feast so that they may immediately open the door to him when he comes and knocks. Verse 37 says, Blessed are those slaves whom the master will find on the alert when he comes. Truly I say to you that he will gird himself to serve and have them recline at the table and will come up and wait on them. Praise God. That's going to be a beautiful time. Whether he comes in the second watch or the third or finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But be sure of this, that if the head of the house had known at what your, the hour the thief was coming, he would not have allowed his house to be broken into. You too be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. And we're going to serve him, and listen, he's going to serve us. It takes me back to the Last Supper, right? And he gets up out of the chair, girds his loins, and bends down, and he washes the disciples' feet. I think, oh, how, what a precious visual picture of the God's character that we serve. He loves us infinitely. He loves us so much. He loves us equally. And we need to love one another the same way he loves us. Amen? Always. The Lord will serve his bond servants. Can you imagine and we will serve Him. We will see God's face. Listen, we will all be glorified along with Jesus. Amen. And the glory of God will not bother us to see Him as He is. We will see God as He is. 
As humans, we could not look at God. He would consume us if we saw Him now. Exodus 33:20 says, But He said, You cannot see my face, for no man can see me and live. We will also be God's personal possession. And His name will be on their foreheads. Guess what? You're going to have a tattoo right here. It's going to be an awesome tattoo. It's going to be the best tattoo you could ever have. And no tattoo is going to keep you compared to the tattoo you're going to have on your forehead. Our identity can never be stolen. Amen? No insurance for that, right? We got everything we need. We got Jesus, right? John repeats that no, no more night in the city will not be a lamp. Let's see, the light, since God himself will be our light. This is another reference. And what I loved about this, when I thought about this, think about this. There's no more night. It's all light. It's all going to be light forever. No more darkness. No more night. Listen, think about this. You know why? It's because God is going to be ever-present with us. He's not going to leave us ever. We're going to be with Him. And He's going to be with us. What a glorious time it's going to be. We're going to be assured that He never leaves because it's always going to be light because the light comes from within Him and Himself. How precious is that? Very precious. Then John says, and they will reign forever and ever. With the Lord in heaven, we will be there. There's a little song you sing, I am His and He is mine. His banner over me is love. I am His and He is mine. His banner over me is love. I am His and He is mine. His banner over me is love. His banner over me is love. You know that's biblical? In the Song of Songs, chapter 2, verse 4, He has brought me to His banquet hall. The groom brings us to his banquet hall in the city of heaven. And his banner over me is what? Love. Always love. Always love. We are the forever bride and will be adorned and reign forever and ever. Amen. The beauty will be so indescribable, but the best reality of all will be that we in this room Formerly sinful rebels will be made righteous, will be in right standing with our God and enjoy limitless fellowship with God and Jesus. We will serve them, God and Jesus, for eternity. We'll reign with them, God and Jesus, forever and ever in complete joy and praise without end. Without end. There's going to be no end to what we're going to experience. I want you to hear this poem. I am home in heaven, dear ones. Oh, so happy and so bright. There is perfect joy and beauty in this everlasting light. All pain and grief is over. Every restless tossing past. I am now at peace forever. Safely home in heaven at last. Did you wonder I so calmly trod the valley of the shade? Oh, but Jesus, love illumined 
every dark and fearful glade. And he came himself to meet me, and that way so hard to tread, and with Jesus' arm to lean on, could I have one doubt dread. Then you must not grieve so sorely, for I love you dearly still. Try to look beyond earth's shadows. Pray to trust our Father's will. There is work still waiting for you, so you must not idly stand. Do it now while life remaineth. You shall rest in Jesus' land. When the work is all completed, he will gently call you home. Oh, the rapture of that meeting. Oh, the joy to see you come. I don't know who wrote that. But I thought, what a perfect end of this sermon. Are you going to heaven to rest with the Lord? Well, you need to rest with him right now. Make it a point to know Christ Jesus as your Savior before you leave here today. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for our time together this morning and for your precious word. We know that your word, Lord, is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our everlasting pathway. It's a light to our pathway, Lord. Help us, Lord, to stay focused on your word. Stay focused on you. Stay focused on the fact that you have a glorious place that's not prepared by hands that are human, but by an infinite God with infinite power and knowledge and wisdom and love to give us everything and provide everything for us. We don't have to lift a finger. Oh, the joy that besets us to be able to go to heaven. And Lord, I pray that everyone in this room gets to go. I pray that everyone in this room at some point in their past have repented of their sin and then by faith followed you, Jesus, and chased after you. Lord, there has to be a time we have to recognize that we're a sinner, that we've fallen, that we've cheated, lied, stolen, whatever the case may be in the past. And Lord, that we have to surrender that to you, Jesus. Those sins should drive us. Those commandments and stuff should drive us to you, Jesus. The one who can save. The only one who can save. By the blood of Jesus. So Lord, in the sound of my voice, if there's someone here that's never trusted you as Savior, I pray that right now they would ask you, Jesus, to come into their heart. And they would ask, Lord, for your forgiveness. And that they would trust you with all that they are. Lord, nobody can ever pray a prayer to get into heaven. Lord, we just need to open up and say, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin. And Lord, I chase you. I believe that you died for my sin and that you forgive me of all my sin. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus, and save me today. Would you ask Jesus to save you today? Would you ask him to come into your heart? Go ahead right now. Just tell him. Just say, Lord come into my heart. I trust you as my Savior. Lord, I turn from my sin. All the garbage I've done, I turn from it, Lord, today. And I chase you with all my heart, my soul, my mind. And I love you with all my heart, soul, and mind. Thank you, Jesus, for 2,000 years ago coming down to this earth and dying on a cruel cross for me. 
I believe you died for me and you rose from the dead for me. Help me to live my life following you every day of my life for the rest of my life. I need your power to be perfected in my weakness every single day. I thank you, Jesus, for saving me this morning. Lord, I pray, along with my Christian brothers and sisters, Lord, help me as a Christian to follow you. Help me to confess any unconfessed sin to you, God, that you would do a perfect work, Lord, in my life. Clear all the draws, clear all the stuff away, Lord, so I can be effective in ministry to share your story through my story, Jesus. Time is drawing short. Lord, I thank you, Jesus, for what you give me each and every day. I thank you, Lord, for your spirit that dwells in me. I thank you for the richness of your word that dwells in me. And Lord, at the appropriate time as we meet people, Lord, may you, may I regurgitate your word, Father Lord, that it would touch and bless the hearts and the lives of people that I meet every day. I thank the Lord Jesus for our guests here this morning. I pray that they can leave here, Lord, so full of joy and praise to know it's been good to be in your house, O oh Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Protect us from the evil one. Protect us in our going out and coming in. And Lord, may we have opportunity this week to meet many people who are lost and share the love of Jesus with them. And God, we give you praise for it all. In Jesus' most holy name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen.